Hey, I'm Nancy Cavey, National ERISA and IDI Disability Attorney. Welcome to Winning Isn't Easy. Before we get started, I've got to give you a legal disclaimer. This podcast isn't legal advice. The Florida Bar Association says I've got to say that, so I've done that. But nothing will ever prevent me from giving you an easy-to-understand overview of the disability insurance world, the games that carriers play, and what you need to know to get the disability benefits you deserve. So off we go. If you are on disability benefits, in other words, you're on claim, or you're in the process of applying for benefits, I think there's a, a lot that you need to know. But one of the most important things you need to know is uh, one of the first defenses that a disability carrier will raise to your disability claim uh, is what's called a misrepresentation defense. And I'm going to talk to you today about that misrepresentation defense, how to avoid making them, and how to avoid getting um, a letter from the disability carrier that says, too bad, so sad, we're not paying your benefits because of a misrepresentation on your application or enrollment forms. So we're going to talk about three things today. One, what does rescinding a disability insurance policy mean? Two, making false statements after you've applied for disability insurance benefits can doom your claim. And thirdly, don't mess with a disability carrier and fail to tell them about your work activity. The tale of how one attorney destroyed his case. Let's take a break for a moment before we get started in this week's episode. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind, which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. What does rescinding a disability insurance policy mean? Well, for you, it's going to be sad news and disastrous news. When you file a disability insurance claim, the disability carrier is looking for reasons to deny the claim. And one of the primary reasons that they can deny a claim is a coverage defense based on a misrepresentation, which results in them actually rescinding the disability insurance policy. So what is rescinding a disability insurance policy? Now, the insurance company is going to review your enrollment documents or your application for disability insurance if you have an individual disability insurance policy. They're looking for false statements on your initial policy application or enrollment forms that they can use to deny your coverage. So let me give you an example. Let's say the enrollment or application form asks you if you've gotten medical care of any nature in the five years before completing the form. If you deny you saw a chiropractor for cervical problems in that five-year period of time, and then you file a disability insurance claim because of a herniated cervical disc, there's a good chance that a disability insurance carrier will rescind the policy. And that's exactly what happened to one of my clients uh, when we submitted the application. Rescinding a policy is different from denying a claim. When an insurance company rescinds a policy, it treats the policy as if it never existed. The disability insurance company is going to refund any premium that you sent them, and they're going to deny your claim and say, look, this policy never existed. Had you told the truth, we wouldn't have written this policy. We would have issued a waiver for your cervical condition, or we would have charged you a boatload of premium. It's not uncommon, unfortunately, for courts in this type of situation to uphold the denial of the claim on the basis that the disability insurance company properly rescinded your insurance policy or plan because 
you made false statements on the application. So what should you do when you're completing an insurance disability application or enrollment form? Look, I know that applying for disability insurance involves a lot of paperwork. I've got my own disability insurance policy. Now, these forms can include a policy application or enrollment forms, supplemental applications or supplemental enrollment forms, medical history questionnaires, statements, and even physical examinations. Some people are inclined to just blast through all this paperwork and rely on their current memory. You should take the time you need to review the questions and answer the questions correctly and thoroughly. This is a final exam that you need to take seriously. That means that you might have to obtain a copy of your medical records and your pharmacy records before you review them before answering the questions or consult with a significant other who may know uh, your medical history. Now, if you don't understand a question, you should not gloss through it. You should talk to your HR department or if you're buying an individual disability insurance policy, uh, talk to the agent. Now, I want you to remember that in some instances, and they're limited, an insurance company can be prohibited from successfully rescinding a policy based on information that you provided to the insurance company's agent. So if the agent says, look, you don't need to put that information in this application uh, or enrollment form, uh, when in fact it should be included, you may have an opportunity to defend the policy rescission, but you're going to have to have some sort of proof that the agent or the HR told you not to put that information on the policy. Nobody's just going to accept your word for it. Each case is factually, medically, and legally different. So don't think you're going to have an easy win with a policy rescission case. It's better not to go there to begin with. So what should you do if your disability insurance policy is rescinded? Well, if this is an ERISA case based on a policy offered to you by your employer, you're going to have to file within a, an appeal. You're going to have to do that within 180 days of the date of the denial. Now, some of the reasons that your insurance policy or plan can't be rescinded that you might want to consider arguing is that the purportedly false statement was uh, trivial in nature, that the purportedly false statement was immaterial, that you didn't know you suffered from a medical condition, that you didn't understand the significance of the questions or your answers. Now, on the other hand, there are some arguments that you could raise, and I'll tell you that a court is not going to be sympathetic to. Um, one of them is going to be, you didn't understand a question such as prior medical treatment and your medical records document extensive medical treatment and even time off. Secondly, the court's not going to be sympathetic if you've clearly misrepresented your answers, notwithstanding the fact that you're, you claim that you didn't understand the significance of the question. If you're facing a policy rescission in an individual disability policy, you need to discuss this with an experienced disability attorney because potentially you can take legal action against the insurance company for a breach of contract and bad faith in attempting to rescind your insurance policy. Why do I say you should consult an attorney if it's an IDI claim? Because quite frankly, there's a lot of money at stake, more money in terms of benefits than if you have an ERISA disability insurance policy. I don't want a disability carrier's denial of coverage based on misrepresentation to be an excuse to deny your disability uh, benefits. And you purchase that policy to provide you with peace of mind. So before you walk away from a policy um, denial based on a rescission, 
contact me so that we can actually look at the medical facts, the application, what you put, what the carrier is saying, so that you can make an intelligent decision about whether or not you want to fight this. Got it? All right, let's take a break. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. Making false statements after you've applied for your insurance benefits cannot doom your claim. Do you know that many disability insurance policies have a concealment or fraud provision in the disability policy or plan? That can result in a forfeiture provision that allows the carrier to void or rescind the coverage if you make false statements relating to insurance. So let's talk about a common version of this provision. It may say something like this, concealment or fraud. With respect to the person insured under this policy, we provide no coverage for loss if, whether before or after the loss, when the policy, uh, person insured under this policy has, and here's the material part of this, intentionally concealed or misrepresented any material fact or circumstance, has engaged in fraudulent conduct, or has made materially false statements relating to this insurance. Now, that third one is where the disability carriers really ride hard. Now, this can apply not only to questions on your application for insurance, but when you apply and you're completing your application, you're going to complete a lot of forms. One of those is an activity of daily living form. And if you have not completed that accurately, that can come back and bite you. Now, you also may be speaking with a disability insurance adjuster, which quite frankly, I wouldn't be doing. I would only be communicating in writing. Um, or you may be asked to speak with an investigator from the disability insurance company. Any one of these three um, events is an opportunity for the disability carrier to say, look, you've intentionally concealed a material uh, fact about your circumstances. Or more likely, you've made a material false statement relating to this insurance, and that comes to play, particularly when they've got surveillance on you. So let me give you an example. Let's say you stop work and you apply for your short and long-term disability benefits for a, a, a back condition. You're asked, you know, did you ever file a prior workers' compensation claim or ever file a personal injury lawsuit or ever file a prior short or long-term disability claim? Now, you're going to see that on an application. You might say no because you forgot you injured your back five years earlier in a workers' comp claim and you got some injections or you were rear-ended, you got some medical care, and then ultimately you settled the personal injury claim, but, you know, didn't get any treatment. Or maybe a few years ago, you filed for short-term disability benefits. Guess what? The disability carrier guaranteed is going to do a background check on you. They're going to pull what's called a medical canvas a drug canvas. They're going to search the personal injury or workers' compensation uh, records in the, the civil uh, arena, and they're going to discover the truth. Now, you may have denied any one of these prior occurrences because you forgot about them, but the question ultimately is going to be, is the I forgot excuse enough to overcome a claims denial? So that's going to be potentially an issue for the court. And the question is going to be, is the misstatement that you made um, after a claim is filed, an innocent mistake, 
or is it an incorrect statement or an intentionally incorrect statement? Now, I have to talk to you a little bit here like a lawyer. Um, a false statement in the legal context includes an element of intent to mislead. And the court's going to look at the policy or plan to see if there is a definition of false statement. If there is, the court's going to apply that definition to the facts of your case. Now, if not, the court's going to get out the dictionary, like the American Heritage uh, Dictionary, and they're going to look at what the ordinary dictionary meaning of the term is. Now, um, that sounds easy, but quite frankly, it's not. Get out the dictionary and look at the definition of a, a false statement. Now, it has two meanings. One is contrary to the facts or truth or deliberately untrue. Hmm. So which one is it? In the context of a legal proceeding, the term false has a connotation of intentionally deceptive statements. And it's in part it requires sort of knowledge and an intent to deceive. So you've got to know and you've got to be intentionally trying to deceive the disability insurance carrier. Now, while forgetting doesn't have an element of fraud, policy language isn't meaningless. And each word in that policy is going to be given meaning. Now, here in Florida, it's a well-settled law that a misstatement in or an admission from an application for insurance need not be intentional for recovery to be denied. And that's an old case called Kaiser versus Old Line Life Insurance Company. It's a 1998 case, but I promise you, at least here in the state of Florida, that case is cited all the time by the insurance company and accepted by the courts as a reason uh, to uphold a, a denial of a, of a case based on a policy rescission. Now, I also want you to understand that um, the courts have also ruled that incorrect post-claim um, statements have to be false as the term is defined in the policy or plan, and if not defined, based on the ordinary dictionary meaning. So the court's going to go through this same analysis if the disability carrier is denying your claim on the basis that you've made a false statement in your activity of daily living forms uh, or other in, in conversations that you have with the uh, adjuster or a field investigator. So be careful. Quite frankly, if you're asked to have a statement from the uh, investigator, from the disability carrier, you should get an attorney. The bell should be going off because there is a reason why they want to take your statement or have a field visit. It is not to see how you're doing and how life is after you've filed your disability claim and, and, and offer their services and blessings. That's not what it's about. Got it? Okay, let's take a break. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? You need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't want to miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. Don't mess with a disability carrier and fail to tell them about your work activity. A tale of how one attorney destroyed his long-term disability case. 
Now, when the disability company puts you on claim and begins to pay benefits, um, you're going to be sent on a regular basis forms called activity of daily living forms. They're going to ask questions about your activities, including work activities. You have an obligation to tell the truth. And if you don't, your claim can be denied. And worse yet, worse yet, the disability carrier just might sue you to recover the disability payments it made to you. So I'm gonna tell you the story of Mr. Messing who lived up to his name and messed up his disability claim big time. Misrepresentations about his work activity. Messing was a former partner in a law firm and he certainly knew the likely consequences of making a misrepresentation in his activity of daily living forms. Misrepresentation is a fancy legal term for lying. Now, Messing claimed in 1998 that he was disabled because of depression and he was unable to handle the stress of being a trial lawyer. And I'll tell you, it is stressful. Unum Provident accepted the claim and paid benefits until 2018 when they found that he was able to work as a lawyer and they terminated his benefits. What Messing had never disclosed was that between 1999 and 2013, he had worked on 13 cases for which he was paid. Now, the failure to disclose his work and his money that he had earned on his activity of daily living forms came back to bite him. Unum Provident did a simple search using a, a legal tool called Pacer. They typed in his name and out came information about these 13 cases. And while this was not part of the administrative record, it did not help his case. So what did Unum Provident do? They were obviously pissed. Not a legal term, but you know what I mean. Unum Provident counterclaimed when he filed a lawsuit for restitution of the disability benefits. They said, look, Messing misrepresented his inability to work in a, as an attorney, and we want our money back. Fortunately for Messing, the judge found that Unum Provident hadn't met its burden of proof to show that the misrepresentations induced the payment of his benefits. The judge concluded that at best, Unum Provident could only show that it would have investigated the claim had it known about the misrepresentation and that it was speculative as to whether or not this information would have even led to a claim denial. Well, the good news is that he didn't have to pay back the money Unum Provident had paid him from 1999 to 2013. But the bad news is that Messing lost his disability claim. I don't want you to give the disability carrier reasons to deny your claim. They're in the business of denying claim, but you shouldn't give the carrier a reason to deny the claim or misrepresentate your, your work activity. I just recently had a client do this where she uh, created an online business and had an actual site uh, with information about all of the presentations that she had done around the um, country. Now, she claimed that she was unable to work in part because of interstitial cystitis and uh, urological issues. But here she was getting on airplanes, standing in front of audiences, giving speeches. And she'd even wrote a, a book that she had for sale on her website. Well, guess what happened? That misrepresentation resulted, just like in Mr. Messing's case, a claim denial, a claim determination, a claim for uh, restitution. And in Messing's case, there was a referral to the Department of Insurance for fraud. Even worse for Mr. Messing, his misrepresentations could have resulted and maybe did result in a bar complaint and an ethics violation that could 
result in the loss of his legal license. So the consequences of misrepresentation can go far beyond simply a denial of a claim, termination of benefits, or even a claim for restitution. Don't make misrepresentations. Tell the truth all the time. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Winning Isn't Easy. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider liking our page, leaving a review, or sharing it with your friends and family. Please become a subscriber to this podcast. That way, you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out.